Beyond Church. Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Church podcast. I am so glad you're with us today. Here at Beyond Church, it's about community. It's about Jesus and believing beyond what we can imagine. Growing in God is our series topic, and Pastor Brandon talks to us about how we can begin to make a change. Reset and don't regret. Let's listen in. We are continuing in our series on growing, okay, in our series on growing. Now, um, we know we spell growing, right? Grow, I-N-G, right? So this is what our series is all about. It is about grow, I-N, N, and what do you think the G stands for? God. So when, when here at Beyond Church, as we're going through this series, when we're talking about growing, we're talking about how we have to grow in God. As we reflect on the last year and as we reflect maybe on weeks ago even, there can be things we want to bring into this year that we ought to left last year or bring into our lives that we're ready for something new. We're ready for more with the Lord, but don't exactly know how to do that, to take a step of faith with Jesus. And this series, and this part is going to, this message today is going to be to help us do that. Because in this series where we're seeking to grow in God, what plans do you have to grow this year? You know, what plans? You know, not just what thoughts, but what plans do you have for growth this year? Because I want to encourage you that we ought to be planning how we're growing in our faith. All right. And so today's focus is to help you in growing. And to do that, we're going to reset and review our devotional life. Okay, so this year is about not, it's about reset, don't regret restarting our devotional life all right because again it's reset don't regret restarting our devotional life and this and our topic comes from one verse in the gospel of john the fourth book in the gospels right the gospel of john chapter eight and it's and this verse is so it's so expansive actually that um it's we're only doing it's one verse that all of this is built on so chapter 8 verse 31 and so John chapter 8 verse 31 it reads like this then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him if you remain everyone say remain Remain. so let's try that one more time so then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him if you remain in my word everyone say remain remain there it is if you remain in my word then you are truly my disciples. You know, one of the greatest gifts I encounter, that I encounter on a regular basis, is getting in God's word. It's it's one of the greatest gifts I encounter. It's when I remain in God's word that I actually feel most safe. Let me tell you something. Over the last couple of weeks, I got, you know, I was opening, I got my mail and I had a couple envelopes. They were from utilities, you know, like electric and gas. And I got notices that, you know, both of them were increasing. You probably got similar notices. I don't know, hopefully I'm not the only one. But I'm like, you know, I get these notices and they talk about and, you know, things are going up. And we get those kind of notices in different ways, don't we? When we look at the gas tank or the grocery store or whatever it means to maybe maintain for our family, we see these kind of notices that um, it's going to be more expensive or it's going to require more from you. And in those moments, you know, I'm the first thing I say is, 
oh my goodness, how are we going to you know, afford uh, more utilities? And one of them said, it's, you know, expect to double. Expect this utility to double. Um, and, and, and anxiety comes. But it's in those moments that I have to review God's word and where I can go and find safety. And I think about Philippians chapter 4. And my God will supply every one of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see, but have you felt anxiety and anxious so far this year? Has there been a time where you felt emotionally low? Has it been a time where you felt so overwhelmed you didn't want to talk to nobody, you didn't want to go outside, you didn't want to get out of your bed? We have those days, but I'm here to tell you that what Jesus is saying, that what I was encouraged is, was that the word of God is the safest place for us to be. When we get notices, when we get bad news, when we get good news, it is God's word that it's the safest place for you to be. So there is safety in God's word because there is safety in the Lord. All right, so we're here at John chapter 8 and looking at this passage. Well, when Jesus says, if you remain in my word, what is he talking about there? Jesus is talking about not merely learning more of God's word, but he's talking about practicing God's word. Okay, so when Jesus says, remain in my word, and that's where we go for safety, right? So you kind of wonder, well, how do I remain? Well, it, Jesus isn't saying, well, yeah, just go to seminary. Or, oh, yeah, you know, just learn more about it. Um, Jesus is saying, Jesus is meaning practice God's word. Practice the word of God. You see, because as you think about even Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is, um, he is tempted in the garden, and he's like fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So he's going through some, some tough challenges in life. And then lo and behold, the evil one also enters the garden and begins to do what to Jesus? He begins to quote the word to, God, to Jesus. He begins to say the scriptures to Jesus, right? So alone and here alone we see that knowing the word, because the evil one knows the word, but the evil one does not practice the word. Huh? Somebody in the room? He does not practice the word. So when Jesus is saying, remain in my word, he's not just saying merely know it. Jesus is saying, practice my word. And that's where the power, the transformation is going to come. So that's where we are this evening. The devotional life is imperative because it's about how you put into practice God's word, not just what you know about God's word or what you can quote about God's word. It is about how we practice it. Okay? So the word remain is very important because Christ knows that life becomes full. Christ knows that life becomes full. Can I get an amen? Jesus knows about you and me, men and women, that our life is going to get full with stuff, with new things that are going to be added this quarter, this year, whether it be with our career or our families or our educational paths or our friends circles. Things are going to get added to us. And so that our, he knows that our focus becomes split by these ever-changing demands. With every new bill increase, with every new challenge in our personal lives, with every new demand at work, Christ knows that things enter our life and they fight for your premier attention. They fight for it. So how many times last year, as we all do, we enter these machine-like rhythms, you know, where we just go through the motions? You know, we don't think about what we do or what we say. We just go through the motions. 
We go through the motions um, in our jobs. We go through the motions um, in our marriages. We go through the motions as parents. We just wake up and go through the motions. We have these times, these machine-like times in our year. In fact, some jobs require that. They want you to just go through the motion. They want you to come in and just go through the motions. And so this kind of machine-like work, it begins, to, it begins to frame how we think about our spiritual lives and what our, the quality of our relationship is like with Jesus. Are you following me? So we, this year is about pushing back against those machine-like rhythms because this is, cannot be a year. It cannot be a year where we're just going through the motions. I was uh, sitting in a courthouse a few, uh, a couple months ago now, because it was around Thanksgiving, right? And I overheard a conversation. I wasn't eavesdropping, I was just near the people. And uh, one of the ladies asked a man, um, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? And he responded and said, you know, same old, same old. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is 2022, and the past two years of Thanksgivings have really kind of been different, you know? Certainly two years prior, but they've been different. But you know, but here the response is, no, same old, same old. And what it reminded me is how much is on the line for us to rush back into same old, same old. How much is on the line for us to rush back into those machine-like rhythms? Well, yeah, it was just same old. Man, no, this year cannot be same old, same old. You see, because if we're just going through the motions, we don't have time for in we don't have time or energy for passion, for prayer, okay, for curiosity, for mission in our lives. So there is so much on the line for you and for me to push back against this. So we review and reset so that we can do what Jesus says, which is remain in the word. That's why we're reviewing and resetting. Review and reset so we can what? Come on, talk, help me now. We, can, we have to review and reset so we can? There it is. So sometimes when we review the last year, though, there are things we aren't proud of, right? You know, there are ways we treated those we loved. There, are, uh, missed, there were missed opportunities. There were places we went that we shouldn't have. Uh, dreams we lost track of. People we dated, beds we slept in. And all of which sometimes we just regret. You see, but thank God that the God who is here, the God we serve, the God who's here with us today is full of mercy and abounding in love. And I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says those who are in Christ Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. That's why today it's not about, it's not about review and regret. No, it's actually about resetting. We don't have to regret because there's a God full of grace ready right now to wash us clean, to give us newness, to not just to give it, but to make us new. So Jesus goes on to say that if we remain in his word, then we are truly his what? His disciple. To be truly his disciple means it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus, okay? And so we're going to use, um, a, we're going to use a, um, what I call the devotional balloon to walk through these three steps that are going to help you, and then we're going to, we're going to um, go back into our lives, because that's what here is about. It's not just about gaining knowledge here today for you. If there's just one thing you take away, if there's just one thing God impresses in your imagination or impresses on your heart, you take that away into your Monday, because what's happening today is about beyond Sunday beyond how you take it into your week. So there's three things that are going to, we're going to, that's going to highlight how we reset and review our devotional life. Number one,
Can we have this here? This is what I call a devotional balloon, okay? I made it just for our time together because it starts small, but then as we expand and add more air into it, as we do more work in it, it gets bigger. So how do we start with resetting our devotional life? Well, we start with step one, number one. We start with our devotional rhythm. We start with our devotional what? We start with our devotional what? The rhythm. This is the frequency in which you focus your mind and senses on, in reverence toward God. You see, your devotional rhythm refers to how often your mind turns to the Lord. And the devotional rhythm is the smallest balloon we have. That's where we kind of start. There's so much throughout the scripture that talks about actually there's a, that the, the devotional life requires a regularity with the Lord. There's verses like Joshua 1, 8, meditate on it day and night. There's verses like Colossians chapter 3, um, put your, set your mind on things above. I mean, literally throughout the scriptures, it talks about how it has to be a regular rhythm or has to be a frequency in our lives in order for it to accept expand into something bigger and better. Okay, so frequency is important for us today. And in your devotional rhythm, you're going to gain knowledge of who the Lord is. But again, it's not just about reading the Bible and then trying to remember, okay, how many baskets were left over after Jesus fed the 5,000? It's great if you remember 12. Come on now, it's great if you remember 12. But it's going to be even greater for where you're going this year for you to remember that God was a God of abundance. That God, there was leftover food after all 5,000 were fed from two fish and five loaves. You see that God was a God of abundance. And what that does is the, the rhythm um, is not about, the goal is not um, about gaining knowledge, but the goal um, is this. The goal of a devotional rhythm is to give yourself to God in ordinary actions of everyday living. This is what you're striving for in a, in a devotional rhythm, men and women, okay? So as you're thinking about, okay, I want to start this year strong. I want to grow. The goal of your devotional life is that you give yourself to God in the ordinary actions of everyday living. When you're ironing, washing the dishes, when you're picking up the kids, when you're paying the bills, when you're opening new bills, how can I review the scriptures? How can I review God's character as I'm doing it? Are y'all following me? This is how we reset our devotional life. You know, it was recently asked by a woman uh, who attended a Beyond Sunday. Um, she said, well, why do you only meet on first and third Sundays? And it was a great opportunity for me to share. It is to help this community restart a rhythm. Because it can be a little hard to jump all in at once, right, sometimes. And so we meet on first and third Sundays in this way because we are helping start a rhythm. This is all about our devotional rhythm, men and women. That's why if there's been something that's been said today or something that you've seen on our social media or on our website or you've attended another service before, that's kind of, that's, um, that's, that's set in your heart or in your mind. I want to encourage you to be praying about that because maybe God has been getting your attention about making Beyond Sundays a part of your devotional rhythm. You see, that rhythm doesn't have to be every day, but there has to be a regularity. And so maybe Beyond Sundays is the rhythm you need this year. And if that's the case, I want you to pray about that. And I want to encourage you to make that commitment to, you know what, Beyond Sundays, I'm a go. I, there can be a, there's a lot of churches around that you could go to, drive to. There's a lot. You see, beyond church, though, what God is doing here is very unique and specific. That's why if God is getting your attention through something that's being said or done here, I want you to listen to that because God is trying to do something in your life. And maybe this rhythm is one you can pick up 
for this year as you are growing, all right? So I want you to consider that. Because how many of us, though, think, you know, starting with something, a rhythm is scary. I mean, that can be hard. I'm an Enneagram 7 with a wing 5. That means I don't like commitment. I mean, when, you, when, when I get a, uh, you know, a text about um, you know, going to a, an event and it's, I have to commit to it, I have a hard time. You know, I just, it's, it's something I've asked my family, my wife in particular, to pray for me on because I just, I realize I have a hard time with commitment. And so, you know, when it comes to different things, and so I have to know that um, I can, when I think about a rhythm, I can get scared and I can begin to regret. Oh man, I didn't keep the rhythm last year. I didn't keep the rhythm of studying the word or, you know, maybe going to uh, a church, participating in a church as much as I wanted to last year. But today is not about regret. Thank you, Jesus. Today is about resetting, amen? You see, you don't have to have this fairy tale, devo fairy tale devotional where you got your Bible out and you're opening your Bible as the sun is open, coming onto the windows, you're, and it's glistening off the steam of your cup of coffee, and uh, that's devotional life. You know, you do it every morning. Devotional life doesn't look like that in real life. You know, it can start that way, it can look like that sometimes, but devotional life isn't always about that when in fact devotional life is not about place and I want you to go to this devotional life is not about place it's about posture oh my goodness think about a place and you know what men and women let me tell you something a place as you think about this last year a place cannot keep you from hearing from God a place cannot keep us from listening or talking to God but if I'm too busy, if my heart is too busy, that can keep me from hearing. You see? If, if my heart is so overwhelmed with the anxiety of worrying about the gas bill going up, it can keep me from hearing from God. It can keep me off kilter. It can keep me because devotions is not about a place. It's about a posture. Yeah, you can be in front of the window, but you can be, like I said, washing dishes, washing dishes. Picking up your kids. What is the posture of your heart? God wants to transform your posture this, this evening. If in this new year you are paying more attention to the places in your life than the posture of your life, we are going to miss what God has for us in 2023. And I don't want it. I don't want it this year. I don't want to miss out on it. So if in this new year, I want to pay attention to posture, all right? That's that first balloon. And maybe a baby step for you, talking about rhythm. I brought these, they fell down. But these are, I have a host of devotional books. I love reading. So I do have a lot of devotionals. Maybe there's a devotional out there. There's so many, right? That you can purchase from Amazon or something that can be a part of your uh, devotional rhythm. All right, and you can set that. But maybe if you're curious, hey, I want to kind of need some help, you can email me or connect at reachbeyondchurch.com. Listen, I will guide you to some great devotionals. I love talking about books. I love talking about, but helping you guide into your spiritual life. So let me know. But, for, but no matter if you do that or not, I want to encourage all of us that over the next three weeks, would we be willing to take a baby step in our devotional rhythm? And that baby step is taking 30 minutes once a week to be remain in God's word. You know, cause I just wanna, as a baby step, I wanna offer that to you. Cause it's like, what do I do? 30 minutes, once a week for the next three weeks until we meet again, okay? Until we come together again, 30, week, 30 minutes in God's word. That's a baby step that can help with the posture, amen?
We together? Are y'all with me? Okay, so that's number one. Number two, let's go to number two. Number two, the devotional rhythm is talking about the frequency of life, but as now, as we, um, it's not just the frequency of life, but it's about the habits of our life, okay? And it's about how we practice it. And step number two is the devotional life. So the devotional life is talking about, excuse me, it's talking about how we regularly practice God's word. So it's not just about how much, how often we read it, but how we practice it. And it must be a habit because Christ said, what's that word I had you repeat from John 8? Christ said, remain in my word. So it means the devotional life is, the devotional rhythm is getting you ready for the life, which is when you remain in God's word, when you're practicing it. Okay, and the word remain doesn't mean that God wants you to avoid all involvement with vacations or friends and God don't want you going to work or God don't want you going out, spending time with family and friends or having a good time. Remain doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean that stuff. What remain means is that we cannot God saying uh, Jesus is saying we shouldn't treat our relationship with God the same way we do treat a vacation or a job, or a friendship. Like we could just pick it up and set it down whenever we want. You see? The remain is not saying, hey, don't do nothing in your life, but the remain is saying, we just can't pick it up and set it down in the same way we do a vacation, or the same way we do our jobs. You know, we can care about our jobs when we want to care about our jobs. But Jesus is saying the devotional life is led when you remain. And so, the devotional life is marked by this regular practice of faith in God. And there's a guy in the Bible named Daniel. And Daniel knows a bit about a devotional life. Because in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was about to be placed over this kingdom of Babylon, right? By King Darius. Some of y'all know the story. And because of Daniel's character, um, King Darius was like, Daniel, yep, I got a place just for you. I'm going to elevate you in leadership. I'm going to elevate you in your impact and influence. And I'm going to give you this kingdom. Kingdom, right and making you a very high um, giving you a high priority and so Daniel's colleagues though <laughs> were not happy about this and they wanted to thwart the king's plans to make Daniel the highest ranking official but even his colleagues could not find fault in Daniel they were looking for some to hang Daniel up on but they could not find it so um, but even then his colleagues they mastered up a plan to make Daniel have to choose between God and the crown, between God, between God and his every other things in life, right? And so Daniel chose, though, to keep his faith and live for the Lord. And you know the story. The choice didn't make everything in Daniel's life easy, did it? Daniel chose to keep his faith, but did it make his life easy? What happened to Daniel? He was thrown into the... Okay, he was thrown into the lion's den. It doesn't get easy once you start doing, once you start getting your rhythm. It doesn't, everything doesn't always just start smelling good and feeling good in life. No, there may be a lion's den that is still in your way. But you know what Daniel had? He had a devotional rhythm because throughout Daniel 6, people are saying Daniel prays three times a day. You remember that? He prayed three times a day. He had a rhythm. And then that rhythm prepared him when he was in the lion's den, he was sitting there and the next day after King Darius threw him in the lion's den, King Darius came running to the tomb and he told the soldiers, roll the stone away. And then out from the hole, Daniel says, 
my God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouths and the greatest things out of Daniel's mouth that just strikes me. And he says, not one of them have hurt me. Men and women, boys and girls, this is what's on the line for you this year. The devotional rhythm is going to lead to your lion's den, a time what some might even consider, uh, one, what one poet even calls it, refers to it as the uh, midnight, the soul of midnight, what is that? Midnight of soul, darkness, dark, darkest night of the soul. Something like that, dark night of the soul. When you feel like not even my faith is helping me, not even the things I knew is really helping me, I just feel so alone, I feel so, um, I feel so left alone by God. That's called the dark night of the soul. And it can happen about three times in the average person's life. Where we have these dark nights of the soul where it seems like prayer isn't working. It seems like our faith isn't working. It just seems like God is gone. It seems like God is not there. Those are called the dark nights of the soul. And when we go through them, we have to have a devotional rhythm so that the devotional life can kick in. I want your devotional life to kick in this year. And it starts with your rhythm. And so Daniel came out of that lion's den. Men and women, there's so much on the line because when the lions are trying to eat you this year, when the different demands are trying to pull on you and they're going to be walking by you and you're going to feel scared, you're going to feel timid, you're going to feel anxious, you're going to feel like God is gone, but you just sit and watch as that lion walks past you. You just sit and watch how the angels of the Lord shuts the lion's mouth in your year for your family, in your job. He's going to shut the lion's mouth you know what? I know God is going to help me and my family get through these bills. I know the Lord is going to do it. We're going to use wisdom. We're going to use financial wisdom. And the Lord is going to help us. I don't have to fret. Why? Because my devotional life says God is here. So we have to have that. It's so vital for a relationship with God. So when the next temptation comes on you or at you, what is going to be your choice? I want it to be not your will, but God's will. So I want to close with the, five, the last step. So we have our devotional rhythm. So get your frequency this year. What is your frequency going to be like? And then allow that as that expands, it's going to create a bigger balloon and you're going to have a devotional life. And then lastly, when it's fully expanded, you're going to have a life of devotion. All right. Everyone say a life of devotion. Say it. Now, it sounds a lot like the second one, but it's different. You see, a life of devotion even sounds different. It's a different sense to the phrase. You see, a life of devotion refers to a transfer. It refers to a transfer. It's a transfer of God's life in your, into your life. It's a transfer of God's thoughts and God's emotions. Philippians chapter 2 says, have the attitudes of Christ. Like, it's a transfer of God, Christ's attitude into your attitude. And the life of devotion is the transfer. After you've done the rhythm, you've gone through, you've lived through some things, so you've gone through a devotional life. Well, now you'll have a life of devotion and you'll find yourself thinking like God thinks with his word. You'll find yourself when you're in the midst of trouble, a Bible verse will come to mind, a worship song will come to mind. You see, when the lions are attacking or you open up the bills, you find yourself responding in ways that are unlike you, but more like Christ. This is the power of a devotional life. And the word devotion has taken on a lot of meanings. Really kind of, uh, it's kind of connected all the way from the 17th century with the publishing of the King James Version Bible. The same kind of, the same cats who were over the King James, uh, the, who were contributors to the publishing of the King James Version Bible wrote books um, in the 17th century. And there were often prayers that they would say, pray this in the morning, pray this in the evening. And they called them devotions of 
so-and-so. So devotion has become through time associated a lot with prayer. And that's okay, but devotion doesn't mean prayer. Devotion means a life given over to God. A life given over to God. That's why, and it's so important because sometimes if we think devotion is just my prayer life, well, once I'm done praying, I'm done with my devotion. You see, or once I'm done with my devotions, I'm no longer praying. But that's not it. A life of devotion is living in prayer. This is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, you pray without ceasing. Does he mean he don't want you to go to the grocery store? That he doesn't want you to have a regular conversation with people? No. It means that there is a life where you have lathered up, where your thoughts, your mind, you are, God is present. God's word is there. You have remained in God's word. Are you following me? All right, we're coming to a close and we're going to eat and pray, but I want to help us this year. I want to get our year to a good start of growing. When you live a life of devotion, your life will accomplish great things. Because this is what I want you to know. When your balloon is fully expanded, this, when you're living in a life of devotion, that's when, that's when the floodgates open in our lives, men and women. That's when great things that we've been dreaming about, passionate about, desiring for our kids or our grandkids or for our families or what's going on, that's when it begins to pour out because Jesus says a very peculiar teaching in John 14. Jesus gives a very peculiar teaching that we're not always sure, like, what do I do with this? Right, put the verse up in John chapter 14, right? Because Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Well, that sounds good, Jesus. Okay, I can go help people. And if you give me strength, maybe somebody might get better who's sick or something like that. I can do that. Okay, that sounds like a tall cup or a glass, but I can, but okay. But he doesn't stop there. Jesus goes on to say, and they, the who believe, they will do even what? Come on, say it like you mean. They will do even what? Greater things than these. Now, how do you obey that teaching? <laughs> how do you remain in that? Because I am going to the Father. You see, uh, a longtime USC professor and Christian author Dallas Willard, he says this. It's, it's on your handout at the very bottom. It's, he says, it's quite difficult to do what Jesus did unless you first do what Jesus said. It's difficult to do what Jesus did unless you first do what he said. In other words, we're going to perform um, works like Jesus did. Um, in order to do that, we must first follow what Jesus said do. Well, what does Jesus said do? John chapter eight, remain in my, Jesus said remain in my, so we have, that's something we have to do. So when we reset our devotional life and establish a new frequency of depth in our relationship with God, then we're going to be able to practice our faith in everyday and ordinary actions. I'll invite the worship team to come up because we're going to sing and celebrate this because it is, that's when it happens. It's then and only then that this teaching of Jesus can begin to root in our lives that God will perform greater things in your life that now were accomplished in the earthly ministry of Jesus. That sounds odd that Jesus says greater things for you. Um, you're going to do greater things than I have done. You see, the only way you can do that is by the Holy Spirit. That's how you obey that teaching is by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
is by asking for God's spirit to fill us this year with all love and joy and peace and patience so that we can be long suffering so we can have those things those the fruit of the spirit is the plane on which we live our life of devotion and so we have to have the Holy Spirit we have to ask for the Holy Spirit's help this year men and women you, you don't have to do it alone Jesus is ready this year to outpour greater things but I have to tell you this you will never do anything greater than dying for the sins of the world. That Jesus did that for you. He did it for me. We will never do anything greater than that. But what, but what Jesus meant by that is kind of think about Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost. When a great, great assembly of people were gathered and, and things like tongues of fire. It seems like it may seem a little weird to us, you know, in modern day, but things like tongues of fire come down and people were speaking in all sorts of languages and understanding each other. Jesus didn't have that kind of result in his earthly ministry. But Jesus was there on the day of Pentecost, now wasn't he? You see, and so this mix that Jesus is saying for us when we live in a life of devotion is that there are going to be greater things that we don't see in Jesus's earthly ministry, but we will do them with Jesus. Jesus will author them in your life. Jesus will guide them in your life. What's that greater things for you? You don't probably even know. Maybe some of you have an idea of what that greater thing is. We cannot do it without the help of Jesus walking with us this year. This is how much is on the line for us to start our devotional rhythm and allow that to expand and inflate into a devotional life and for that to triumph and premiere into a life of devotion. I promise you, and this is not my promise, but it's the Lord's, your life will be different. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Reset and Don't Regret on the Beyond Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit the subscribe button so you can continue to grow in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us and take that next step with Jesus, head over to reachbeyondchurch.com. Thank you for listening in on how to grow in your faith with the one who is able to do far beyond all that you can ask or imagine. See you next time. Beyond Church.